go. Hello, everybody. You're listening to On the Left. It's been a while, but I'm not dead yet. And today I'm here uh, with Cindy Esquivias. Hello. How are you? Did I do all right there? You did perfectly fine there. Yes. Awesome. Nailed it. Um, And... uh, Cindy and I know each other through our uh, mutual friend that we had, um, uh, Brenda, and uh, I'm going to let her do the rest of her introduction. So what else do you want to say about who you are, what you do, all that stuff, whatever you think is relevant? Um, Hi, I'm Cindy. I professionally, I guess. I am a speech language pathologist. I work in pediatrics. you know, outside of that, um, I trained Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I'm basically a badass. Um, and, Professional, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I am also uh, a fur baby mom. Like, I have a puppy. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, I am a daughter of... Uh, Mexican immigrants, and um, there are seven of us living. So I am a sibling, and I am an aunt to ten nieces and nephews. Damn. Yeah. Your 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 genetic legacy is going to reach far and wide, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of disappointing that uh, <laughs> that genetic uh, legacy, but you know. Somebody's going to take care of the dogs. Exactly. Someone has to take care of the dogs. And uh, I would also like to add to that uh, list of of virtues, uh, 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 Instagram story maker extraordinaire. So high quality. I don't even even know how you navigate so well. I I feel like I'm okay with with the, the Insta, but I'm past just a little bit too old to like make it so that it, like I wouldn't spend half an hour figuring out how to do one of the things that you do. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I go through these uh, phases of series that I like to start and then I get tired of it and I start a new one. And obviously <laughs> right now, because of where I live, I have the just another day with the craziness yeah. on the streets. Um, but, you know, as soon as I move out of here, it's going to be a new series. So we'll see yeah. what, what that, you know, progresses into. That's true. Yeah. Uh, for folks who don't know, uh, Cindy lives in uh, downtown LA, Los Angeles right now. I do. I live in the historic core um, and it is a fun time. It is a fun time. <laughs> it's an interesting time. Yeah. It you is. have a kind of a, you kind of have a little uh, window uh, from which to view the disintegration of society. <laughs> Pretty much. I get it all. I get the, you know, the the LA transplants who come here to, you know, be whatever it is that they want to be here. I have the like old school LA folks. um, And then just, you know, within that, there's a huge variety. Um, And so I get I get to witness it all. And it's, you know, going on walks. I love all the little vignettes. um, And it really tells a picture of LA. And when a friend was visiting, I, I was talking about this, like, I love seeing how unique LA is, where like, there could be a Bentley park next to a houseless encampment, you know, um, and it's just like that, that is the story of LA is like how these two things could coexist. And it's just, it just is. Right. Absolutely. Um, and that's also, uh, this is a good way to segue into uh, subject matter, I guess. That's where you grew up, right? In Los Angeles? I did. I grew up in Los Angeles. Yeah. Right. I grew up in, in South Central, which has been rebranded to South LA. Um, you know, oh, we have to <laughs> that's get rid of the negative, um, you know, connotations and, and make it cool and fun so the hipsters could come and, you know, and live Right, here. right. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, they just, they, you just need another name and a coffee shop and there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a natural and habitat, uh, habitat for someone like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I know, I know who I am. Yeah. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no denying it. Yeah. Um, 
So, all right. So you grew up in LA, in Los Angeles, and let's start with where you are now, and then we'll hop right back to kind of the beginning of the story. How would you describe your politics uh, in in a, a quick summary? Because then we'll spend the time breaking it down. Honestly, I struggle really hard to answer that question, and I had mm-hmm. to ask multiple people because, um, you know, I, I I I I don't even know what it would be. Um, the closest thing I can yeah. think of is like in, in my heart, I think I'm an anarchist, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, very much like an abolitionist. Um, but, you know, the, you know, so who knows? Who knows? Right. Yeah, right, absolutely. Know. Yeah. It's really hard for me to like use a lot of labels just in general because, you know. I just am. And, and yeah, so I have no idea, Robin. No, okay, cool. Well, th- we'll start from that. Uh, yeah. yeah um, I feel like a lot of people do definitely struggle with labels. Uh, and it's funny. Uh, it's, it's at heart, you're an anarchist. Cause I think that is true for so many people, but um, it's hard to maybe come out and admit that. Um, cause to a significant degree, I, I would maybe, maybe say something similar about myself, but in my experience, if you say something like that, like people, uh, immediately kind of expect you to, <laughs> yeah, first off, they associate you with that. Yeah. And then they kind of expect you to be like, well, how is that going to work without any government? And it's like, dude, exactly. fuck you. Like, I don't know any more than anybody else knows, but and and so it's like you just avoid it altogether. Exactly. Um, and and so I I I try to avoid that because I'm like I don't. I mean, in an ideal world, if we're talking ideal, yeah, that is my ideal. Now, right. do I see that as a reality? No, no, right. absolutely not. Um, right. Because we we don't know how to thrive without someone telling us what to do because we're savages. And, so I think, and, 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 and I think that, you know, living in downtown LA has really showed me that like the mm. fur, further away that we are from nature, like the more concrete there is, the less trees that there are, we're just animals. That's mm-hmm. where we're animals is here mm-hmm. in this concrete. And the further away we get from nature and listening to mother earth, like the more savage we are. That's yeah, it. That's, that's totally, that's fucking brilliant. And I think that I really believe that there's something to that because it, and I do not think like so many people, I think would say that that's, you could just chalk that up to romanticism or whatever, because we evolved for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years in these conditions. So why yeah. the fuck would we expect all of this equipment to not kind of go haywire when we're divorced from all, from everything that we're designed to relate to and understand. Right. Exactly. And, and the, that makes us further away from one another, which Mm -hmm. then, you know, craziness, chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in an ideal world, like, yeah, I'm an anarchist because we would be living amongst nature and like listening to the cues of mother earth Right. And that would roll us, you know, right. um, not this. Right, exactly. And also the limitation, having the limitations of being, uh, you know, just another animal, uh, as we were for most of our evolutionary history. Yeah. <laughs> keeps the crazy shit of consciousness from, from wreaking havoc like it has basically since the agricultural revolution. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we were, we're, kept somewhat in control yeah um just hold on a moment i'm getting a, my connection is unstable you might want to stop and improve your connection if you are recording hide incoming video maybe i'll do that i'll do that for a bit okay can you you, you didn't get the same message right Mm-mm. sorry everyone i'm not going to edit this out because i'm lazy as fuck all right so <laughs> i'm I don't know why my connection would be unstable. I'm on my desktop. What the fuck ever. Okay. We uh, are all unstable. Robert. We <laughs> are. Right. Stable. That's that was the universe cooking in. And, yeah, and that reinforcing is, that argument. Look at that synchronicity right there. <laughs> Our connection is unstable. Our connection is unstable. <laughs> Seriously. All right. So 
that's a good, that gives us a pretty good feel for where you're at. Um, you know, now in the 30 what year of your life? I'm 34. I will 34. be 35 in March. So coming, coming up in a couple months. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, so let's go back to the beginning then. Do you have, um, any, it doesn't have to be a concrete memory necessarily, but like, what do you think, what comes to your mind when you think about your earliest sort of engagement with political consciousness where like you kind of thought about it? Yeah. um, So I think that this story that I'm going to tell is going to paint a really good picture of like how I am, because I would say that I'm very much so like a contrarian by nature. Um, Like I hate following the crowd and the, you know, So, 1996, I was in fourth grade. Nice. We got got a year. We got a date. We got Bill Clinton, front runner, Bob Doe, front runner, right? And then we have Ross Perot running for the second time, right? And that's when he started the Reform Party, Mm -hmm. right? I didn't know any of this. I just, like, did the research after because... I listened to that podcast episode with Rachel. And so I was like, oh, when was the first time I thought of like politics? And I remember being so sick and tired of hearing about these two main dudes. And I don't know where I heard of Ross Perot, but I made up a song. <laughs> I made That's up amazing. a song and I was like, we don't want Bill Clinton. We don't want Bato. Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot. Oh my God. That came from, I have no idea, but I would sing it with like this enthusiasm. I mean, I clearly still remember it. Um, That is so, so, you know, and, and so then I, I was like, well, you know, what year was this? So I started doing the research and I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I was onto something like even from then on, I was like, oh, we need more than just a two party system. Um, So, you know, I think that that clearly started to define a lot of like, you know, my feelings for politics in this country. Um, And then, and then 2000 happened. Right. And I had, I didn't know what was going on. Right. I didn't understand the the Gore Bush like Florida thing, and I remember um, being in my friend's house because I used to go over on Fridays uh, because we had late start, and and it was her mom that like taught me about the electoral college and like explained to me what was happening um, in Florida. And so I think that those two big moments, I was just like, what the fuck is going on in this country? Mm -hmm. And why is this happening? Like, this is so stupid. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I love about that and how you had this, you know, instinct to be drawn to Ross Perot is what uh, I've I've sort of been hearing um, Dave Anthony from the West Wing thing talk about this a lot lately about how (laughs) politicians in both parties, uh, I mean, uh, sad to say Republicans understand this a little bit more, uh, but also just the chattering classes, you know, like the liberals on CNN and what the yeah. fuck have you. They don't understand how much Americans completely fucking hate politicians and both parties and the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And that, you know, even if, even if you know, a big portion of them are reactionary and then therefore on some level of asshole or ignorant or some combination thereof, the everybody's not so stupid and and inauthentic to, en- enough to 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 want to engage with the political system and politicians as it is like yeah. we fucking hate them we all fucking hate them and that's why even like a kid can you know watch a debate on TV and be like well obviously Ross Perot is the cool guy because these other tool got tools seem like complete tool, fucking yeah. tools right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that kind of started to really paint a lot of my like political leanings. Um, and just in general, like that's just kind of my nature. Um, 
like, oh, everybody thinks this is cool. Like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I was with Harry Potter around the same time. Everybody was reading Harry (laughs) Potter. And I was like, I'm reading another series. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Much to to Brenda's just like. Yeah. uh, Not uh, happy about that. Angst with pain. What series were you reading? Really quickly out of curiosity. Um, so I was really into, what was her name? Lois Duncan, I think it was. Oh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I was, and like Christopher Pike. I, I don't even remember. Okay. And, um, but you were just, you were, you're going to dance to your own tune. Yeah. I was just like off reading my own fantasy stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't really think you missed out that much on Harry Potter anyways, but I mean, I, I got in it later, you know what I mean? And I love it. And, you know, I just didn't want to do it then because everybody was doing it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually, it's a pretty, that's a pretty good rule rule of thumb sometimes to follow in or pretty much all the times in mainstream American politics, because whatever's going on in mainstream American politics is probably almost certainly bad and horrible and evil. So yeah, that worked out. Yeah. Um, So... All right, so you have that instinct, which is a good one in this context, for sure, like guiding you just because of, you know, uh, uh, how you were. And when, what do you think is the next, like, big chapter in the story? Um, I would say uh, 10th grade. Um, I think that was world history. And mm. so we really learned. I, I had a really great um, teacher. Mr. Acker, and he like taught real history, um, oh, nice. even like taught Latin American history. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember like the introduction to Marx, you know, and um, you know, he taught you that in 10th grade, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing, right? Like, theoretically, and I right. remember, um my final paper for that class um, was about how like ideally like communism is the answer, but it will never work um, because man is corrupt and man will always corrupt any theory. Um, And that kind of then, you know, the the following year I, I was an AP literature and I had an amazing teacher, Mr. Blatz, and we really learned like deep into transcendentalism, right? And so I think from there I was like, oh, this makes sense to me because like, you know, uh, you know, man is inherently flawed. So any laws that man creates, any theories that man, men create, men um are gonna be flawed mm-hmm. so the only perfect laws are the laws of nature and the more disconnected we get from nature you know the more flawed we become um and so i i, I think without even realizing that that's already what i was thinking like i was already kind of right. thinking as a transcendentalist um in 10th grade but I love the ideas of communism, but I I just know that in implementing anything, like we're going to fuck it up. We're Mm -hmm. bound to Mm -hmm. fuck it up. Um, So would you consider yourself kind of a pessimist in that regard? uh, I would say, yeah, Uh because I, 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 I would say that I have very little faith in humanity. Uh I I think that we always tend to choose wrong as a whole. Um, and and so yeah, I guess I am a, a big pessimist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, I think that's pretty common actually uh, on the left. It's funny. I read something once that said like, you know, if you're going to be a socialist, uh, this was a socialist publication. You you know you you probably need to like like people and like human beings. And I was like, oh fuck. Can I, <laughs> I cannot be a socialist. <laughs> but it's not that I particularly hate mankind it's just our humankind but uh i hate our arrogance and i i hate how we um fetishize ourselves um, right. yeah yeah versus every every other form of sentient life in the universe you know 
And, and honestly, like I would say that I love humans. I love people. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I think that if I could live like a commute, like being communal living, I think that would be ideal. Um, you know, we're, I think we're so caught up in like the me and mine and the individual that we lose sight of what's best for the community. Um, and I, you know, it, you know, how does, how does any living being in nature kind of thrive, you know, um, who, who has, who has ruled longer, who has been around longer. And like, if we think about it, like, look at them roaches, right? <laughs> yeah. What do, what do they say when you see one, there's a thousand, you know, and, and they're, you know, they stick together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, individualism. Yeah. Is is such a massive load of bullshit. It's one of the great lies of modernity, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like going on a date recently with someone who ended up being long story, don't want to get into it, but ended <laughs> up being a Trump supporter. And so oh, and he was like calling me a socialist and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, uh, I think I, I asked him, like, don't you want what's best for your family and like, you know, your community. And he's like, well, when it comes to me and mine, like, yeah, I'm a socialist, but for the rest of society, like I am definitely like, you know, go fuck yourself. And I was like, see, that's the fucking problem with you. That's sociopathy. Like, exactly. It's like only when it's sociopathic society. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Oh. Um, and to get back to kind of what, where we, you started, um, that's why having these massive civilizations, uh, where, uh, people can do that. They can say my family is separate from the whole community yeah. and mankind is such a huge fucking problem. We are yeah. really not meant to live in groups more than 130 or whatever the fucking number is, 150 or something like that. Um, but like you said, we've also looked at, you know, <laughs> how is that how we're going to implement that insight in this current context is um not really something anybody can demand us to give them a full blueprint for exactly uh so you kind of like well uh what do you do you carve out these spaces in your in your own life in your own circles that you can i suppose yeah. but uh before we wander too yeah, far yeah. from you so uh also just to to branch off of something you said um how you were thinking in terms of transcendentalism and you kind of uh already had had these thoughts and these feelings but they they you they just weren't quite yet articulated i yeah. love when that moment comes when you read something or you encounter something maybe you're having a conversation with someone and you're like oh yes that is what i think mm-hmm. like yeah you are not telling me something and, I, and I'm not hearing it for the first time in the green. You're just articulating in a way to where I'm like, oh yeah, that gives some voice to what I already know or believe. Right. Um, so w- did you have other moments like that moving forward? Did college play um, much of a role for you or where would you go next? Um, so I would say, you know, my, my introduction to like Thoreau and reading Walden, um, Mm. was definitely like a pivotal moment in my life. Like, I I don't know if I've shared this with you, Robin, but I love old dead white writers. So (laughs) love them. Can't get enough of them. And yeah, uh, yeah. I have, I've, I've struggled with this as well. Yeah. And, and, and so I think that that, you know, was something that I kind of took with me, um, you know, and, and in high school, I was very much involved in like school politics and, you know, like student government. Yeah, student government. That's interesting. And I was also um, in Mecha, um, which is another, you know, story, but I remember, um, in, in that time, um, being involved with Mecha, you know, we were organizing walkouts for like the war on Iraq and stuff like that. And nice. I would, I'm a planner, I'm an organizer, I'm an ideas person, but <laughs> what I learned and had to really kind of come into over the years is that like, that kind of activism is not my lane. 
like I would organize these walkouts and I would go to class. Like I went to class, I would organize the walkouts, but I didn't <laughs> want to have the miss the absence. Like to uh, me, okay. having perfect attendance and getting straight A's, that was my lane. Like that was mm-hmm. my shit. And I right. think, you know, like I would go to school sick, sick, like throat infections. I think I had strep throat twice and I would show up to class like that was awful. Should not have done that. But that's just the mentality that I had because I was like, I have to use education as like my vehicle out of like our, you know, financial situation in my family. Right. Um, so I think that that kind of like pervaded any like politics or anything like that. Um, and so even now, like I tell people like I, you know, would, you know, because I am a product of immigrants, like I, I have to be a capitalist. Like right. I, I have to. I I struggle with that. But, um, you know, I think college, um, you know, kind of just expanded on that and, you know, being involved in that Mecha and like doing organizing there and like going, um, you know, doing a lot of, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Because I burped. (sighs) I burped brain too. Sorry. Um, well, while you're thinking, I mean, yeah. I just wanted to jump in on, because I remember you telling me that before that um, last time we, we hung out that, you know, you had to be, you have to be a capitalist, even yeah. if you don't want to be. Uh, and I think that the idea that, w- that we on the left should, should not want and need to do what we have to do to survive is so fucked up and so puritanical and completely the opposite of the larger message that we want to send to everyone, which is that our choices under the system are severely constrained. Um, I mean, so some people have more flexibility and choices than others because of levels of privilege. I've had lots of privilege in my life, for example. So I, you know, I, fortunately, you know, I, I can't speak too directly uh, to too much of that. Um, but sorry, I had a brain fart there. No. But like this, this, this idea that we're we're supposed to be monks, right? That we're supposed to be um, what's 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 the term for like people? The, fuck, whatever, hermits. You know, um, it, it, that doesn't help anyone. Um, and then it redirects the attention to you, uh, to individuals, as like somehow. Um, the the source of virtue and, and like this isn't about what I have to do to survive or what people have to do to survive. It's 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 about like the the fact that they're faced with with these compulsions in the first place, right? Like, yeah, who the fuck does it help if I go out and, and live in a shack and you know don't consume anything um uh you know produced by the capitalist economy that makes nothing get fucking better um and and also then then i just get to sit there and feel really pure and virtuous and it helps fucking nobody so i just like i find it i find it interesting that it's fucking ridiculous and it's indicative of a problem that you even have to like think that you need to make an excuse for that. Right. Or you have to explain it and justify it. It's bullshit. You're just trying to fucking survive in the situation we all have to survive in and in your particular constellation of of challenges. Sorry. I blabbled for a bit. No, please do. Because yeah, (laughs) I, I feel like, you know, and, and, you know, I feel guilt and obviously that guilt comes from somewhere and like it, it definitely kind of, I feel like I have to explain myself, but. And that's fucking like, crazy, fuck it, right? Like, why? Like, like if know, I'm going to feel some a- guilt, okay, I'm a, I'm an affluent white girl, but for other people to feel guilt who don't fall under these multiple privilege categories, it's completely fucked. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, um, especially with, you know, people who are, you know, more of the minimalist, um, you know, Marie Kondo life and like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you have all these things. You've acquired so many possessions. And like, yeah, I would love to like let go of things, but like, 
I also grew up with a scarcity mindset. And so now Mm. like I'm shifting to a a mindset of abundance and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that even that, you know, lifestyle, the, you know, minimalist um, is one of privilege. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you get to rent all your gear all the time and have the money for that. Like I'd rather get a cheap tent at Walmart. Yeah, yep. because it's cheaper. Um, totally. And, you know, you're privileged that you can just rent it or have friends that will let you borrow it. And that's why I think, you know, I'm, I'm very active right now in my Buy Nothing group um, here in downtown LA is because we get to like have this like borrowing and rely less on like big supply chains, which is something that I think I really started to gravitate towards Um during the lockdown is like more of that mm-hmm. self-reliance mm-hmm. and like avoiding big chains and just going to the actual grocery store. Um, but, you know, I think that all that is, you know, is, is political, you know, yeah. I don't oh, want to give you my money. Right. And it, it's nice to not, if you can avoid it. Right. It's just yeah. like a little, a little sigh of relief. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, Marie Kondo because uh, I always kind of laugh at her standard of like, if, you know, if, if an object doesn't spark joy, then you can do without it. Right. And so like, I look around, like just say in my room right now and you can see it's full of shit. I'm like, does that spark joy? Definitely. That also sparks joy. I guess I'm just really joyful because all of these things <laughs> spark joy. joy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look at this. Why do I, I have you know, like <laughs> random little things and I'm like, everything has a story, you know, everything <laughs> talks to me and I'm, I can tell you where everything came from and, you know, yeah, and that's, absolutely. you know, that's a part of, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like human beings do, um, there is a relationship with material things that does not have to be trivial or um, uh, unhealthy. Uh, it's funny, actually. So I, I'm reading the Last Kingdom series right now, which uh, you know is, is, it takes place in ninth century England. And uh, one of the things I noticed is how every single object that the characters own is like so important to them, and so they name everything, every sword, every fucking like tool has a, its own goddamn name. <laughs> and, but in that world, like those material objects, because there were so few and also held so much like social significance, mm-hmm. um, were incredibly important. Um, so it's not that actually materialism or emotional relationships with objects and materials is the problem. It's uh, actually that we don't have really in-depth relationships with the materials in our lives under capitalism, Exactly, exactly. It's like you just, you know, disconnect from from these things, right? Because it's so easy to buy something, you know, or, you know, and yeah, if they hold meaning, I mean, that's completely different. Um, Totally. So um, we got to college. Um, Do you feel like there's a next uh, kind of stage or moment or development? um, Or uh, should we kind of uh, move forward to the next questions? Was there another shift at a time where something got added or changed or... Um, I would say like one other kind of moment, and I think this was definitely in college, I want to say, is I went to a, a protest. Um, I've, you know, I've gone to a couple protests, one with my mom and one with my dad. And I think oh, that's nice. Like, like having that experience. Um, and the one with my dad was definitely for like immigration reform. Um, you know, that's, that's something that, um, lingers because it's important to me and it's it's important that you know other immigrants also you know have access to the things that my father has had access to um and so yeah I would say that you know college years and and being involved in that um with my dad was definitely like another kind of like oh this is something that really really matters to me it's like immigrant rights um yeah, absolutely. That's and that's you're really lucky to ha- be able to share that moment with uh, parents in general. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, how uh, you know, uh, 
and you can you can stop and think about this question for a while um and you can even answer like maybe not really that much because i, I think some people keep things pretty compartmentalized whatever works for them but i um, how do you think in terms of your politics interacting with your spirituality, which I think we've actually t- touched on a bit today, right? Yeah. Um, Cindy's a witch, everyone. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, that's right. That's fair, right? To yeah, no, identify I, as we are, I, as I, I definitely identify as a, as a witch. Yeah. And uh, relationships and even, I don't know, like, uh, you, you know, other uh, things that bring meaning to your life, like, uh, like um, what do you, what's it called? What's the martial arts you do? Oh, jujitsu. Jujitsu. Sorry, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where are those? Where do you find like those things intersecting? If 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 they do. Um. Well, I think you know, in, in terms of my spirituality, um, right. Uh, definitely a believer that spirituality comes from yourself, um, and listening to yourself um, versus you know some organized religion. Um, I was. Uh, raised Catholic and my family is very Catholic still. Um, and I don't identify, um, as Catholic. I'll go to mass, um, for big important things, but that's more so for the cultural aspects and Mm -hmm. the family. Um, but I would say that in terms of the, you know, my spiritual connection with, you know, some sort of organized religion, it just isn't there. Um, and I think that- did you always feel that way growing up or was that something that kind of more you grew into? I, I think I kind of knew in, in my, in my heart, um, that that was, I was being pulled in that direction. Um, but I didn't really, I had it, I didn't have a say, like I was, right. you know, kind of forced to do the sacraments, you know, first right. communion and confirmation. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, I had to, to go through that process. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes um, to just keep the parents, you know, happy, happy um, at that <laughs> time. Um, you know, and then in terms of dating, I would say that because I'm very like, I'm not like, uh, I am a Democrat or I am a Republican. You know, I'm kind of like, yo, we're messed up. Either, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know. Um, I've been pretty, like, I've dated super, like, socialist, you know, individuals and then also, like, conservative, um, you know, people as well. And, like, uh, a wide range, like apolitical people, everything too. in between, everything yeah. in between. Um, and I get along with them fine because as long as there's that mutual respect is fine and healthy debates. I love. Um, and I also find that like dating people who are more conservative than me, um, you know, it, it helps me learn about that and why that exists. Um, and that's the only, that's how I was able to understand why Trump was, is what Trump is in this country, because I like, I don't know what, you know, Appalachian Americans, you know, believe and think, cause I, I, I did not grow up, you know, there. Um, right. and also <clears throat> it's, it, you know, the, the Trump supporter that I told you I ended up going on a date with, like was a Latino. And for me, like learning why a Latino would vote for Trump, like I needed to have that conversation. Um, And I mean, I I think the biggest kind of thing that it all comes down to for the majority of the ones that I've had that conversation with is, is money. It's all has to do with money and protecting their money. And like, we're being taxed too much and funding too many of these things. And we're, you know, too socialist. And I'm like, okay, so you just want to keep your money. Just say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's probably, you know, if, if they, if they were really uh, paying attention, like you're paying attention, they could have learned something valuable about themselves. And maybe some of them did, who knows? Yeah. But, Um, I really, that it's interesting. I really, uh, am sort of amazed by like your capacity to, to do that, to like, just 
kind of step outside of the box or, or, or the automatic associations that we make with certain political statements or political ideas or political identities. And then uh, to use the opportunity of, of interacting with somebody uh, that has, that comes from a different perspective of you to learn. Yeah. Um, because I cannot do that. Yeah. And, 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 that's, <laughs> and this is the thing, and right? I know that I'm, I'm, that's who I am. And that's yeah. just like the role I and I'm here to play. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not saying that that the way you can do it is better or vice versa, but I'm glad that people like you exist because I feel like the world needs you and yeah. they're not getting that shit from me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't know how you do it. It's amazing. You know, I, I think that it's important for, for me to like gain anything from you know, and even if it's mm -hmm. more insight because of a conversation that I have with someone on a date, like, then that's fine. I would say that, you know, a lot of the times these like more conservative men would be like, oh, you know, you liberals, like they never want to have a conversation, but like they would always be the ones to get really defensive, you know, and, and I'm like, yeah. like, we're just talking, you know, and mm -hmm. um, they're, you know. It, it's just funny to me. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a superpower yeah. for you to, for you to stay calm in the context and yeah, to just be able to talk. And like you said, like use it as an opportunity to learn because it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't have to have anything to do with like, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume that there is much truth in your view as there is truth in my view, but absolutely you're going to fucking, find out some information that's going to help you understand what the fuck is going on in, at least in this country much better right so i think it's awesome that you can be calm and just look at that as an opportunity for like okay what can i just learn from this person right yeah that's that's amazing <laughs> i wish i could do it but yeah it that's why I'm, I'm only as you, I only I have a podcast where I only talk to other leftists because i'm constitutionally incapable <laughs> you know <laughs> not losing my shit yeah. And, and, and for the most part, you know, that's not necessarily like a conversation that I have on a first date anyway, but it's just mm -hmm. like, like sure. just so happened to like had come up in text, like right before we were supposed to go out on the date and I almost canceled. Um, but you know, it just, you know, part of the find out go dating for it. in the modern day era <laughs> yeah, I guess so oh my god I mean yeah, I'm really glad I don't have to do it because um oh that that reminds me I also again uh on the West Korean thing the other day they were talking to one of their guests Brianna Greyjoy um she's very cool she used to uh be like um uh, like the main PR person for Bernie Sanders but anyway she was talking about how um like on the apps, the dating app she uses, there's just uh, like liberal and conservative and, and I think centrist. So th there's not even a category for someone on the left. Right. And she's like, yeah, that would save me a lot of time. Cause she, you know, ends up, I, I deduced from what she went on to say, like, you know, she, she maybe, you know, swipes left or right. I don't fucking know. I never did. Whatever is the, okay, let's give this person a try. Yeah. 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 Uh, on the people who are liberal, but then also she ends up on a lot of dates where, you know, they're saying like, well, I'm really liberal, but you know, like I think charter schools are great or whatever. <laughs> right? um, yeah. And isn't that amazing? There's not even a category for us. No, but like, and, yeah, if and, you're a young and, woman, you can't really afford to only date self-proclaimed or exactly. any woman. Sorry. So I, I honestly, I don't even think I have an like that even clicked in terms of like political views because I'm like mm -hmm. none of these. Um, and it's you know it's been interesting being called things by men. You know, like uh, my favorite is when they call me a liberal, and I'm like, oh, you think I'm a liberal? I know, <laughs> I know. I love that's that what too. you think because you don't so know. Um, you have no you have other. To, you have, have no other framework. Yeah, um, or like, um, you know, oh, you're you're such a one dude was like, you're such a social justice warrior, and I'm like. <laughs> You're saying that like it's a bad thing. Like, don't you know, want right? justice? Like, wouldn't you want to be a warrior for social justice? Like, this is a thank you. Yes, right. I, I am. I love that one so much, right? Because it's like 
it's libtard okay is clearly derogatory but social justice warrior just makes you sound like a fucking badass (laughs) yeah i'm like oh i'm a warrior for a cause of justice for society (laughs) you motherfucker like shut up i know yeah that's so amazing uh that's that's fascinating wow i'm so glad i just found myself a a nice lefty academic and married him so i don't anyways you are strong and amazing (laughs) all power to you um all right so this is actually a really good place to go uh, off of this conversation because mm-hmm. you're saying you're talking about how, you know, you you kind of believe in, if for no other reason than learning, like having conversations with people and seeing where they're at and, and comparing notes, right? So yeah. do you think that it is, that it's possible basically for, you know, the left, whatever we may mean or not mean by that too, actually expand the left through sort of like conscious deliberate effort because i'll explain the idea behind this question i'm kind of always debating whether or not that's possible or if you know the the dialectic of history or not so much the dialectic because i don't really believe in dialectics but just like the the wave of history is going to do what it's going to do and we we have to we, we can try to write it but it's really not in our hands at all or or is it i get you know Okay, I'm going to shut it down and just leave it there. No, can you can you re- rephrase that question? <laughs> like, small Sorry, small. no, no, no. Sorry. Like, could, could we expand the left and and yeah? So, in 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 what capacity is it is, is it, it possible? Is it possible? Is it really in in our hands? So, and here, and I think that this kind of goes back to what you were saying, how you're like, I can't have the, you know, I wouldn't be able to have that capacity. And I think the only way for anything to grow, right, is to uh, do the work. And part of the work is learning and knowledge. And part of knowledge is having open dialogue. And if all sides can't sit down and have open dialogue. Like nothing's going to happen. We can't uh, spy on them. Cause I have this idea that if we create an invisibility cloak, we can go and listen to them, but they won't be talking to me. So I won't have to get mad. And then I can know everything, but I don't actually have to have a conversation with them. Is that? Yeah. No, I don't think uh-huh. so. Because if you, it, here's the thing. I think that if we don't know what the end goal is for anybody, we can't see that there sometimes is overlap um, and what our goals are. Um, and if we don't have that conversation to begin with, that we can't see, you know, how our means may be different than their means to that same end of a goal. Um, and where we can kind of work together to, to get to that goal. Um, and I just don't really see anyone having an open, honest dialogue where we're like, asking critical questions and like letting each other talk and analyze, you know, answers. Like, I just, I don't know if that is ever possible. Okay. Right. So, I mean, it's funny because on the one hand, that's probably the most optimistic answer I've had to this question so far uh, because, because you are articulating this, this belief that ultimately we have to be able to listen to each other. But on the other hand, you run into the same problem that um, so many other people are running into is like, how the fuck is that going to happen? Yeah, exactly. And, and and I think like, uh, you know, the, the capacity to even sit down at the table is not even there for many people. They're just, Mm -hmm. especially right now, like they don't even want to show up. Um, And, and I think that this is why, you know, I'm, I'm open and willing to sit down at the table if like a conservative person wants to come and and chat because like I want to learn, I want to see, I want to gain that perspective. I think I I find it useful. Um, And most often than not, like they're just like, no, 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 you're a libtard, you know, and I'm like, okay, you already said everything I need to say. Yeah, I even, yeah. So. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the real challenge for me is in having faith in that process is that I don't, I very often do not, I come to the conclusion that they're not being honest with themselves. So then I, then I don't know how to progress, you know, um, that's always the challenge I run up against, but, um, 
Sorry, we're going to say something. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, so, what do you think? Let's let's end on an optimistic note. So we'll start with the uh, the more uh, depressing question. What's what's the most difficult thing, or the worst thing, or whatever about you know um, you know being an anarchist at heart? To put it the way that you did. Um. I mean, the most difficult. I would say uh, probably, you know, growing up um, and like having a lot of like clashes with my parents because of that, mm-hmm. um, especially because, you know, with, with, you know, this belief and this, you know, these ideas comes, you know, my feminist, you know, self and right. uh, my openness, um, you know, and in the queer community as well. And I remember specifically like, you know, the prop eight um, and one day there was, there was a sign on our lawn. Um, And and I can't remember which was a like, not in favor of gay marriage, right? Was it yes? Yeah. Prop eight eight was the one that ended it, that shut it down. Yeah. But it was, um, so whatever. There was one before that. Yeah. So it was yep. like. I remember it very that, It was like, yep. whatever. Anyway, so there was a sign, you know, opposing gay marriage. Because I can't remember which one it which was. Which it was. Yeah. But, yeah. And um, I, like, saw it. And I, like, we pulled up from school. And I was pissed. I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this doing on our lawn? And I remember, like taking it down and like throwing it in the garbage nice. and my dad got, yeah my dad got home from work and was like who threw away my sign and I was like oh my god you don't even know what that sign means and he's like of course I do and so then we start getting into this like religious political debates right and so I think for me that's something that you know, I've kind of, it is the hardest part for me because I don't identify with like organized religion um, and that colors, you know, like my, my politics and the other way around as well. Um, And like, you know, that's very different than my family. And so I would say that that is, you know, the hardest part. Absolutely. And it's interesting. You've also had some positive political experience with your family, but the yeah. ones that aren't positive yeah. are fucking but the, hard. But the ones, the ones that are, you know, related to the Bible or, you know, go against Catholicism, I just, we, we don't, you know, like immigration reform, all that, like, cool, great, but like birth control, mm-hmm. women's rights, you know, like gay marriage, Right. Abortion. Those are going to be right. topics that are just not. That are just not, not discussed. Mm-hmm. That's hard. <sighs> On the flip side of that, what's the best? What's the best part of being a part of this incohate but yet deeply felt community? <laughs> um, what's the best? Uh, I, we have the most fun. Oh my god, it's so true, right? Because <laughs> we're just like, when someone fucks up, we're just like, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean, okay. Can you expand on what you mean by that? Because that makes so much sense. But I don't want to like, I don't want to assume I know what you're saying. No, and I, I mean, I think you, you know, in in whatever capacity, like, uh, you know, when when um you know when anybody fucks up in in politics or like you know right, when right. when the the capital you know happened, yeah the january 6th the january 6th happened it was like a fucking course a fucking course that happened like yeah, yeah. you know and it's and yeah. and you know when it, reading all the the you know um the, the numbers of, um, you know, deportations, you know, for Biden and like, you know, yep. liberals being so surprised. And I'm like, yep. did you not know how many were under Obama? Like, yep. what? Like, of course, of course, of course right. it's happening. And like the AOC stuff with, you know, it's, it's just like, I'm just like, 
of course, of course. And, and so I can just laugh. And so we're we're just having fun here. Well, Uh, sorry. No, no, no. I was going to ask you. I was going to say that a way that I would, I would put that is that it's really great not having a team. Like it's really fucking great not being on like team Democrat or team Republican. Yeah. It's freeing. And of course we can still make asses of ourselves because we're human beings, but at least we don't make asses of ourselves in that just horrible, stupid way when like you're, you're walking in, in a bookstore. Where the fuck was I? So, somewhere in Massachusetts and Boston and Boston in like uh, an affluent part of town. And they have like fucking like action figures for Ruta Bay Ginsburg and Joe Biden. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. We're so fucked. <laughs> you know? Like, this is insane. <laughs> but yeah, also like on January 6th to, to uh, branch off of that, like on yep. one hand, obviously this is going to happen. On the other hand, I also loved watching all the liberals on like MSNBC and CNN freak out about like, they're desecrating the sacred temple of democracy. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's pretty fun. I mean, I'm sorry they're doing it because they're fascists. And that's very bad. But yeah. That guy wearing horns and like sitting in, uh, you know, the speaker's seat is one of the most fabulous things I've seen in my lifetime. <laughs> if, if you could take away, all, you know, his ideology. Yeah, yeah. Just not having these, these weird hangups about shit that doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, and like, building. I think like the, the great part is like, you know, both you know, Democrats and Republicans mm-hmm. like hold on to like really old shitty tradition, like yeah, really yeah. shitty tradition. It's like, why? Absolutely. Like, you know, that's like, like the you're constitution. Not, yeah. <laughs> you're not healing from this ancestral trauma. Like this yeah. is trauma. You need to break this generational trauma. Do better, do better. <laughs> right. Totally. We're not 100%. living in that world. Yeah, right. It, it makes it impossible for them to to discern reality, right? When you yeah. have a team and you're so obsessed with the team, and you're absolutely right. It frees it frees you up to have like a lot more fun and have a lot less stupid hangups because like we don't got shit time for that, right? Mm-mm. Although I guess some people do, but um. So all right, uh, last question. Any recommendation for a TV show, a podcast, a novel series reading? It doesn't have to be geared towards a leftist audience. You know, what does your heart tell you that maybe you would people would enjoy for whatever reason uh, that you come up with? I mean, I would like. I mean, I feel like the people who listen to this probably have all. Uh, listen to uh, Be Anti-Racist, um, the podcast um, by Abram X. Kendi. I would say that that's one that I have found to be very, like, all right, like, good, solid listen. So it's very um, kind of uh, <clears throat> practical and useful. Yeah. And I would, yeah. I, I haven't. Say, I would say, oh, um, I would say that, there are a couple episodes. Um, I can't remember the actual guests, um, but there's one in particular um, where I think they talk about. Uh, so they it, the, the not terming it the criminal justice system, right? Because they're like, you know, it's in this country, it's definitely the criminal punishment system, um, mm-hmm. unless you're white, you know, unless you're white, right. then it is, you know justice but um and and there's another one um centered on the land back movement um and trying to take um national parks and give it back to the um native um communities of the area um so i thought those two episodes in particular were like really interesting um perspective yeah they they both sound really interesting, particularly the latter one. Um, yeah. uh, I would like to know to learn more about that. And I think that's a really compelling idea because, you know, we're talking about what can we do and can we really, uh, how much can we do? But I do like that there's people like Kendi out there giving very fucking concrete, like, well, you could give land back. Yeah. <laughs> and there's all these possibilities and we just ignore them. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, the the speaker definitely goes into like, okay, well, these are definitely the communities that learned how to like manage that right. land to begin with. So why don't we go ahead and give that land back to them so that they can preserve our national parks because they'd probably do a better job than we are doing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Any um, Anything else that I missed that you want to throw out there? Um, no, I don't know that. I, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know. All right. I don't know who I am, Robin. That's <laughs> I think you know exactly who the I'm fuck a you witch. Are. Um, yeah. and you know, so I just listen to, you know, the, the divine spirit and I go with that. Yeah. She knows what's up. Yeah. It seems to me, at least you yeah. definitely do. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I try to live a life of like, I, I do me, um, with and honor those around me and I'm, I'm kind to myself and I'm kind to others. And like, yeah, if you're, if you're a politician, that's not kind. I don't, I don't fucks with you. I don't fucks with you. 95% of politicians. 100%. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, hey, um, what was that? What are you drinking? Oh, it's um, Kyla. It's a hard kombucha. Oh, nice. Okay. Thank God it's not seltzer. My sister would have a heart attack. No, it's it's kombucha. I need some some good bacteria in the gut. In the gut with alcohol. I like that. Some good with some uh, good, the good stuff with a little bit of poison which is yeah. basically what boost is yeah that's all right <laughs> all right uh thank you very much for joining me and hey have a really good night thank you you as well good night Bye.